Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, Washougal Wrap up a very uh, interesting weekend. Very interesting weekend uh, at Washougal, and it was so epic and so awesome that one of my hosts, Jason Wygant, hasn't even left yet. Still there. Yeah, just the good vibes keep rolling. I had a you know red eye flight Saturday night. I just said screw it. Yep. I called the real estate agent, put the house for sale in North Carolina. Whatever clothes I packed for the weekend, that's what I got to live on. Uh, I don't know how the market is in in Camus, Camus, Washington, but I think you'll find a good place. Portland, man. Portland. That's the that's the host site. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, I'm only here through today, and then I got to go home. Too bad, though. It's nice out here. It's beautiful up there, the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. Um, home of Ty Birdwell, by the way. Oh, I thought he was Canadian. I really didn't know that. No, no. He's believe me, he was all American. Um, and my, yeah, that's like he's like Port Angeles, though, right? Somewhere like uh, Astoria, originally from Port Angeles. Astoria. Yeah. Port yep. Angeles is so close to Victoria, Canada. You can see the lights at night. I'm a wealth of wealth of '90s motocross knowledge. You are, you are, and that man on the line is uh, straight back from uh, crazy motherfucker, right out of streets of Amsterdam. Jason Wygant. Um, no, that that's not his not name. Jason Wygant, that's my name. Jason Thomas. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm gonna edit. That. I'm gonna edit that out because I do look like an idiot. I'll edit all that out. Um, JT, straight back from uh, Holland. You missed Washougal, which sucks because you had momentum going from the four points at Millville, but you threw that all away in order to go to Holland. Yeah, I mean this deal was has been planned for months, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, it was it was cool, definitely uh, an experience. I'll say that I wasn't really prepared for what I got into over there. I didn't know it was going to be what I was <laughs> getting into, but uh, uh, had a great time. How definitely. Many- Definitely cool. How many times have you come back from a race overseas, wherever it may be, and be like, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into when I went when I went over there? Yeah, but man, it was I've never been to anything like that. Um it's it's the biggest motorsports event in the world, actually. Oh. Uh there's there was hundred and fifty six thousand this year, I think. Hundred and fifty six thousand people. Uh, <clears> any so, any American bands playing in this festival? Or is it all your Uh yeah, like uh suicidal tendencies. Um, there was, uh, the hives, Yeah, I think are American. Um, and then there were some other, like, uh, like English bands, like, uh, what were they called? Uh, Kaiser Chiefs. They play a pretty popular song okay. that's out right now. <clears throat> um, yeah, but then there's like, uh, you know, a ton of bands you've never heard of and right. can't understand and have no idea what's going on. What do we do first? So, Shugel or Zwart Cross talk? What's first? What do we cover? Great work, Carl. Okay, yeah. Well, well, let's do that. JT, so how how how'd you do? 
Uh, it was kind of up and down. It was three motos, and um, I got run over in the first one and uh, on the start and tore my arm all up. And uh, then the last one, I blew my bike up on the landing of the finish line, jumped on the checkered flag. So <laughs> kind of like crazy, like with three motos, and they were throwing beer at us. And it was just, oh, man, it wasn't even a real race. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. I, like, nobody was taking it seriously. I was trying hard, but. It was just hard to take it serious. Like literally, they were throwing beer at you during the race, and right, we're going over bridges, and like we went through like a circus tent, and uh, there was like a wood section. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just crazy. Like, I had to pull my goggles and got beer thrown on my eyes, and um, <laughs> yeah, oh my just God. pretty much like the craziest things you can think of. Like, yeah. you, there's naked people and like people on the track, and you're riding through garbage because all the people are just throwing their like food and drink stuff on the track so you're riding over bottles and cups and <laughs> just <laughs> um like never yeah. seen anything like that uh lots of uh lots of riders though right huge number of riders uh yeah i mean like the pro class i was in at 40 so okay um then like we were the only the real class the rest of them were like uh these themed classes like they're all costumes and stuff like that pictures i have to show you but they're all like themed like one guy was uh like had like fire extinguisher all all over his bike and the people were like uh had their bikes completely transformed into like buffalo and i mean it's just (laughs) man it's crazy like i've never seen anything like there's all these there's a class that's all floats like it's like huge vehicles turned in like sailboats and turned into I mean, anything you can literally think of for people to stand out, they do there. So, do, do you feel like you have some ideas for uh, Todd Gendro, Dave Prater? Like, have you scheduled a con- <laughs> have you scheduled a conference call with them to ways oh, to improve man. Supercross twenty thirteen? You know how Europe is like stuff you would never stuff that would never fly here. Yeah, they just think is the coolest thing ever. You know. Yeah. So you're literally just your mind is blown the whole time at what people are doing and thinking and coming up with over there because <laughs> just nobody would do that here. So right, right. The lawyer, I don't know. Like lawyer. the whole time, literally, me, Hanson, uh, Dennis Stapleton, um, Austin Politelli, we're all just like literally the whole time, just like looking at each other in disbelief, like all weekend. Right, right. The the so. lawyers they don't have lawyers in Holland. Is what you're saying? No, and if they do, they're baked out of their minds, so they don't care anyway. <laughs> Um, who won? Eric Eggins? Oh, uh, yeah, Eggins won. He was on it. The former um, GP rider. I think he's probably won some GPs here and there. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. He was really fast. I got behind him uh, at the one moto I crashed on the start. Um, I got laughed because I was down forever because <laughs> my arm was jacked. Uh, I got behind him, and he was he was going fast. Like, I could keep up with him on most of the track, but mm-hmm. in the stand stuff, like, it was real. all the sand was real blown out um, because they had all these crazy – know cars and right. stuff riding on it and uh man he he was teaching me a thing or two on that stuff he was just so smooth and so good at it uh <laughs> i struggled so in the in the clay stuff i could keep up with him in a lot of sections but he's really you know you can tell like how good he is in the sand just by how he was riding those sections right right and uh, uh i saw some photos of hansen looked like he went one he went he went out one moto with no pants or shirt and, <laughs> yeah. and another picture I saw him, he was downing a beer in the full gear. So, Yeah, he uh, he definitely, I think, had the most fun out of anyone while we were racing. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> at, 
like every time I laughed him, he would be like waving at me and like all kind. Of, it was just crazy. Like it was just that kind of event. Like I went there, I went there taking it serious. Like I wanted to win. I was, you know what I mean. Like right. I was took my suspension. I was like serious about it. But then once you get there and you realize there's so many aspects of the race that are out of your control, and it just it's really hard to take serious. So. <laughs> You wonder, though, like, uh, it, it, you know, they pay you guys all this big money, like you and Hanson, Partridge. Everybody got nice money probably to go over and show up. But they don't even need you guys. I mean, who cares? <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, the the event is based around the motor. The, the race is what the, the event is based around. Like, okay. That's what it started yeah. as. All right. So the race is a huge part to the the event organizers. Mm-hmm. And they want, they want, you know, not that I have a big name or not or answer anybody, but they want name guys yeah. that motocross people can relate to and, you know, draw to. So, um, you know, obviously we had to do a bunch of PR stuff and, um, you know, I think that's what brings, you know, there, obviously a lot of people are there for the music and then right. they want to also have people there for the motocross part. And I think, you know, we are kind of, we kind of help bring the people there for the motocross part. Well, again, wasn't this the same race that our dearly departed Billy Ursic went to? Yeah, you know, it was. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why does that name yeah. sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ursic. But I'm telling you, the story, this sounds even cooler than that. Like, that sounded like the awesomest race ever, but this is even better. Yeah. 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 I think Ursic went and uh, and did a feature on it last year. Yeah. 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 He, he raced, raced it. it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I watched a, uh, a GoPro of his, his race and, uh, I watched it actually like right before I went, and I was like, "Oh boy, yeah. here we go." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Because here's like riding around. You're riding like it's just like totally how it was. Like you see beer flying, and you're riding in and out of like metal gates and all kinds. Of, it's just right. I don't know. It's did, crazy. Did you uh, did you bond with Hanny at all? Like, was there any of this? Hey, man, Matt, this is all right. Is there any of that talk? Uh, I really didn't get to hang out with him too much. Like he was with Monster. Yeah. And like totally a monsters deal with, you know, he was with um, that Ash guy, Dirt Shark, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, Dirt Shark. Oh, I can't wait to yeah. see the video. Oh, it should be. Epic. <laughs> yeah. So they were all like him and Partridge and, and Ash were all hanging out. And then I was with uh, Stapleton, who kind of uh, got me into the deal. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Telly and his dad and uh, their buddy Anthony. So it's kind of like we we're separate. Ooh. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I obviously talked to Andy a bunch, you know, at the race. It just. You know, we weren't really staying at the same hotels or doing anything like that. So, right. wonder if there's a peace offering there, but I guess not. Um, I mean, me and him are cool, but I don't think you and him are cool. If that makes any sense. <laughs> um, like you guys aren't cool by association through me. Right, right, right. Uh, and and you were keeping up on Washougal, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I watched all the uh, the lap times on Wi-Fi, um, like because it's so we're so far ahead out there of West Coast time. You know, yeah. nine hours ahead. Yeah. So I was completely done by the time you guys even got going. So um, uh, I was able to watch everything, and then I obviously watched the, the TV coverage when I got home. I will now give you guys, like a king, I will now give both of you the floor <clears throat> to apologize to me and come back around and admit that Michael Lessie is better than Jake Weimer, should be on a Motocross Tenacious team, Go ahead. The floor is both of yours. I'm waiting. I I understand what you're saying, mostly because 
Um, he just beat Dungey. Across the nation's track is exactly like Washougal. He just beat Ryan Dungey. The only, I, uh, I mean, no yeah, one. I mean, they're spitting images. The tracks are identical. So, well, it's whatever, be a the, whatever very the case close is, representation. whatever the case is, Wygant, you have to be. You're the one. I know. I like Jake Weimer. Great rider. You're the one telling me there's nothing to separate them. And I knew, I knew there was more than that. Because, and Mike, Iron Mike, show, or Stallion, the Stallion showed us on Saturday what he was made of. You're ridiculous. Am I? You're ridiculous. What happened to first moto at Millville? What do you which mean? Track is more, which track is a more close um, replica? Which has more similarities when they're actually going to race? Could Washington be any further different? Are they going to race or further there? away? It doesn't matter. Further that, away or further different? It, it doesn't it matter be that Weimer caught Alessi and passed him at Millville. Neither one of them no? were within 18 miles of Ryan Dungey. But at Washugal on Saturday morning in the first moto, Michael Alessi crossed the finish line first. The and only now, reason that Dungey he was in within 18 miles of Dungey was because he started ahead of him and there was no place to pass, and Dungey refuses to ever touch anyone. I mean, it was no different. The speed differential between Dungey and Leslie was no different at Washougal. So, Michael Leslie, Michael Leslie deserves no credit. None at all. Sure, he deserves credit, but there's a difference between credit and he just, he needs to be on the donation team. Like, there's a difference between giving him credit and saying you're going to burn the compound down if he's not on the team. There's a big gap in between there. I'm just saying, you guys spent a lot of time mocking me and Mike, and I feel like we had the last laugh. Definitely not mocking Mike. I, I will mock you at will. I will mock Mike's, I will mock Mike's post-race attempt to hug, handshake, <laughs> hold up, <laughs> hold up Dungey's hands like they were two fighters. You know, at the end of twelve rounds, I will. Def- I will mock that. I thought Mike was a little overboard with that. There's still another. There's still another moto, Mike, and there's a lot of things can happen. And this is just one moto out of twenty-four. Now, great job, but I thought he was a little over the top. I don't blame Ryan for being a little pissed. He ate roost. He almost went into a fence. He <laughs> couldn't get by Mike Alessi, and we saw in the second moto. You know, we saw the gap there. Where Dunge was just hammering down. Now I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm being. Oh. I'm being. Oh, what? Uh, you know, I'm being. What? I'm what being a little. Listen, he he just he deserves credit for beating Ryan Dungey straight up. He does, and I'm not saying he doesn't. But you're trying to get me to say it, so then you can lock me into see he should be on the donations team, and I'm saying that that's not the same thing. My first pick for motocross donations team is Stewart. Stewart, Dungey, and whoever wins the. My, my first pick Dungey, but. Well, okay. Stewart's a great pick, too. Dungey is a given. And whoever wins the 250 class should go. My second pick would be Alessi Dungey, whoever wins the second, the, the, the 250 class. And my third pick would be Barsha on a 450, whoever wins the, the 250 class, and Dungey. So, that's all. That's all. Um, it was a good yeah, we've race. Heard it. We've heard it. You, you, you put your thoughts on the record. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, hey, but how much of it? Talk about the. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. How much of it? Now we've, uh, Jason, JT, you've you've been with us. Pingree's been with us. I know for sure. Me and Wygan have gone on and on about Dungey's lack of aggression, and it it kind of bit him in that first moto. I thought there was a couple spots 
where he could have got a little nasty, but he just he isn't that type of guy, is he, Wygant? No, and I just wrote about this today. I mean, for the purposes of one particular moto, it's probably not the best strategy to take. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably could have made things happen and gotten that moto win. But in the end, um, what he didn't do is end up crashing and like really hurting himself or knocking himself out of the series. I mean, there's always a risk when you run into a guy that you're going to tangle up or go down and get hurt. I mean, in the end, he's going to end up being the champ for the year. So it's hard to say that you know his strategy doesn't work. Uh, you know, he probably could have been more aggressive to try to get around Stewart in Texas, but what difference does it make now? Mm-hmm. What if he had tried to move Stewart out of the way in Texas, went down and lost a bunch of points, or got hurt? He'd look really stupid now. So I feel like as long as he's winning titles, it's hard to right. criticize. Although for one particular moto, yeah, he would have been better off the other way. But in the long run, he probably is better served just doing it like this. As yeah. frustrating as it is to watch. And uh, and like JT at Zwart Cross, he knew that second moto, that start was huge. That was a big thing. And he got it. He nailed it. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah. I'm sure he was pretty uh focused on that start, obviously. He didn't want to mm-hmm. put himself in that position again and if Michael Etsy knows how to do anything, it's ride a wide bike. I mean he's looking yeah. around. Like even when even when he's not riding his best, he's looking around, you know all over the place trying to hold people back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. obviously he was feeling it that moto and uh I honestly thought because I heard, you know, the talk of Dungey being really mad on the podium or whatever, but I hadn't seen anything yet. So I honestly thought that it was gonna be a much worse from Mike because I've seen it be really bad before. Him cutting over and right. cross jumping and all kinds of stuff. Um and I'm actually watching it again right now as we speak and it wasn't that bad. For as bad as I've seen Mike do that kind of stuff, it yeah. wasn't that bad. Yes, uh, it was not as bad as Millville. It wasn't as bad as Hangtown, I didn't think. No, I mean, he actually rode great. Like, he rode probably, you know, other than, like, Code 9, he had some great motos where he just checked out. Yeah. It was one of the best I've ever seen him ride. He, he didn't make mistakes. He didn't crack under the pressure. Um, and he, he didn't ride behind him, which is so common for him. He loves to just... You know, do whatever he can to cut over and look around and know the line you're going against. It wasn't really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Dungey could have pulled away from him somewhat if he got around him, but it wasn't like he was just holding up the show incredibly bad. Right. right. So, no, kudos to him. I, I It was better than I expected, I'll say that. Yeah, I think it was more the track. Um, yeah, for sure. It was not nearly as, as, as dirty or whatever you want to say as Mike's been in the past. I agree. And the, I think it was more the track than anything. Like, there wasn't anywhere to go. And that's just the Achilles heel for Dungey because he's not going to make something happen. It's not there. Yeah, it, it's definitely, like we said, one of the things that, he, that if you can nitpick him at all, it, it would be that. You know, why again, you were saying about the high Ryan butt patch for Chad and, and RV. You know, <laughs> that was Ping. Credit yeah. works, dude. That was Ping's idea. Ping, Ping, Ping's idea. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, uh, what about the post race stuff, why again? What, what do you make of that? That's just classic. Classic Michael Lefty, like robotically, like going, like I'm sure he was given instructions, and then he just goes too far with it. Um, I know that they have decided, hey, listen, we've had a checkered past with the fans and the industry. This is how we're going to play this year. We're going to be nice. We're always going to be respectful of Dungeon. We're never going to look like we're talking trash or saying we're at his level. We're just going to keep showing respect, showing respect. Because the Lefties have done the opposite at times, and it doesn't work out very well. So I feel like he was programmed, like, if you ever win, make sure you congratulate him. And then Mike, robotically, 
took that to the nth degree. I mean, Dungey gave him the wave at the end of the moto. He didn't completely ride by him. He gave him the wave, like, yeah, good race. Yeah. Like, not disrespectful. No. And no. then for Mike, it was like, no, I need to give him a hug. I need to high-five <laughs> him. This is not, they told me I need to be respectful. I must do it. <laughs> Dad! Tony! <laughs> oh. really looked like that. And then Mike was, like, getting mad, like, why is the guy dissing me? Well, Mike, sometimes they're not going to hug you after you beat him in a moto. Like, it wasn't <laughs> it Dungey being a dick. Yeah. Like, what did you expect? This isn't the motocross the nations where the losing guys all hug because the team wins. This isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, have you, really have you ever seen me come in from a moto when I'm upset? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I just put myself in Ryan Dungey's shoes. He feels like he should beat Michael Essie every time in that situation, and, and history has proven that he, he normally does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if that's me, I'm – I mean – and Michael Essie's trying to hug me. I don't even look at him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know how I would handle it. So, for me, it was totally understandable on Dungey's part. Like, he's pissed. He followed him for 30 minutes and couldn't make it happen. Crashed, caught back up to him, jumped off the track, almost hit a fence, and still almost won. You know what I mean? He was yeah. not happy. He doesn't want to hug him. He doesn't want to <laughs> hang out. He doesn't want to go over to Moto Concepts and chill in the hot tub. He doesn't want to do anything yeah. but me beat Michael Essie's ass on the track. Like, that's just how it is. So, um, Well, and, and I'm sure if you so could somehow get some true serum into Dungey or hang out with him at the farm or something true during the week. Serum? Serum. Okay. I'm just trying to – I didn't know if Steve either, was well, involved either in a sur- I'm just trying to get straightened out. Right. Either a serum or a cernum. Either one. Um, sternum. Sternum. Now we're going with sternum. <laughs> Sermon, <laughs> syrup, um, syrup. But I'm sure if you had <laughs> Dunge broken down, maybe dr- wasted drunk, and you said, "Hey, Ryan, who's the who's the one rider you do not want to beat you outdoors?" I guarantee you, he wouldn't say Tommy Hahn, Jason or, Lawrence, or Brock. De- okay, well, yeah, Lawrence. Um, if Lawrence made a comeback, he would say Michael Essie. Jake Weimer wins. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's more bro down. Brock Tickle wins, more bro down. But Michael Essie, no. No, I don't but I think that's, that's, that's a product. Sorry, Jason, I didn't tell you. He waved at him. Yeah, what yeah. was he supposed yeah. to do? No, no, no. Yeah. He wasn't even. Yeah. He could have been much worse about it. Like for how mad he was, right. typical Dungey, he was still nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, it, it was very bizarre. Very bizarre. Um, it's a product of how well Essie races, though. That. He doesn't want to get beat by Michael Essie. Right. Right. Yeah, no, the way he rides. When people and, cut over on you and cross jump and do all the stuff that Mike tends to do, you don't want to get beat by that person. Like, that, that, those moves piss you off. Right. Like, that's not cool to do. And I don't think Mike, having spent a lot of time with Mike, I don't think it's like a personality thing where he's just like, oh, I want to hurt this person or I want to, you know what I mean? He's just that competitive and he thinks that that move's okay to do or whatever. But man, those kind of moves, like where someone almost, you know, yeah, almost hurts you or does whatever, like you, those that stuff pisses you off. So, what about I mean, that, um, well, again, what about the Weston Pike Vince Freeze brawl? Yeah, now that one, I mean, that totally Stop. out of character. Whereas we're saying that Dungeon and Alessi, you know, yeah, fit their own mold. Shocked to hear that Vince Freeze not only had an issue with Pike, you know, running into him practice, but that it also dated back to separate incidents from a race two days earlier. I'm shocked that Freeze, yeah. uh, Freezy, by the way, I've asked, it's actually Freezy. That's what his dad and him tell me. Freezy, I'm amazed that he had bad blood coming into the race. 
Um, and then looking at Weston Pike, I'm amazed that Weston Pike would take it to actual fighting. He just doesn't look like that kind of guy. <laughs> it's very surprising. Um, I do think it's sarcasm. This is. I do like the uh, AMA. I, I, I checked in with the AMA about what they're going to do if they were going to do anything, and and I was told from the heavy hand of the AMA, we told them to come see us after the race. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Classic. Classic. If you're not too busy when you're done racing today, do you mind if you guys could come and talk to us? Oh God. Um, can I give you? Can I give you another comical take on this from after the race? Yeah. Apparently, they gave both riders a five hundred dollars fine. Um, yeah. They did do that. It was supposed to be a thousand. I think they knocked it down to five hundred. So they did something. Yeah. So Pike and his dad are leaving the track in a van, and then I run after them so I can ask Weston about everything that went down. He tells me into my recorder on the record, yeah, Freeze was cutting me off, brake checking me, blah, blah, blah. We had eats him a couple days ago. So I started punching him. He actually uses the word, I started punching him. <laughs> and then his dad says, his dad says, and then they gave us a $500 fine. What kind of bullshit is that? I'm calling Davey. I'm calling MX Sports. We shouldn't be paying a fine. That's bullshit. <laughs> One thing the Pikes are not, either the dad or the kid, they are not masters of PR. Never have been, <laughs> never will be. Um, you know, there was, the, there was a Rock River Yamaha interview that I did with him for Racer X where he proceeded to talk shit on Rock River repeatedly. Never happened. And then, never happened. And then, and, then, and then told the lady at Rock River when she was naturally upset that I just made it up. That, that, they, that, he, never, no proof yeah, that he never said that. <laughs> that <laughs> I was at home sharpening my knives going, I am going to get pike in trouble with rock river i can't wait this is gonna make my day i'm gonna just make quotes up um and also let's not forget the incident where where weston was hired on as nico Izzy's replacement rider and then um let go after one race when nico came back proceeded to talk mad shit on the team on a radio show not mine another radio show and then still got picked back up for that next weekend uh I, I like I said, the Pikes are not. They're like Pikeys. Pikes are like Pikeys. <laughs> okay. Um, they're not big on the. P I can't believe how could it? We haven't had Freezy and Pike going at it before. Like how is how did this immovable object and irresistible force not collide already? It seems like it would happen weekly. I didn't talk to Freezy about the incident. I was with you again when we briefly, but I didn't ask him. But every time I've asked him before, it's always like, dude, I don't know. Dude, I don't know. Like he's all so innocent. I, that's that's the whole thing. He's very innocent. All of these these weekly run-ins <laughs> with everyone. He's just completely innocent. It's he has to be poor Freezy. He's just being targeted for no reason. Totally. Yeah, I think everyone has it out for him. Right. And then he tries to kill them in return. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Uh, I don't know. He's very he's very uh, stark. You know, I don't know what. He's uh, star-crossed when it comes to <laughs> racing with other individuals. He just yes. happens to get into altercations every single time someone tries to pass Well, JT, you've had it out with him in Supercross. I mean, it was on at one point. No, I honestly have nothing good to say. I really don't. <laughs> Neither does a lot of other guys. But, no, I don't. Um, Off his bike, I have no problem. I really don't. If I saw him at Applebee's, I don't have a problem with him. <laughs> Applebee's? When he puts his, yeah, when he puts his helmet on, though, Oh gosh! Don't even get me started. It's just—it's bad. 
I mean, you would have thought last year AMA suspended him from <clears throat> Salt Lake City because he took Canary out so bad at Seattle the weekend before. The AMA finally just said, okay, you're suspended for a race. Mm-hmm. You would have thought he would have learned his lesson from that right. or every other incident he's ever had. But it's just like, oh, man, something, the point is not getting across, clearly. <laughs> it's just not. I, well, I don't know what to say. And I don't. I don't want it to come off, you know, sound like I'm just trying to, you know, knock the guy down or do whatever, pardon the pun, but um, I, I just, man, if if you went around and asked everybody in the pits, there's a very clear consensus about the way he rides. Right. I mean, if you saw, you know, there was an incident at Colorado two years ago, I think, with Jake Weimer that was highly publicized. Um, it's well, just never ending. There were cops at Glen Helen with him and Michael Lieb, you know, maybe two yeah, months exactly. ago. Yeah, exactly. I forgot. I even forgot about that. Um, where he's breaking people's jaws. I mean, the pictures of him on the start at Glen Helen with Michael Lieb were just ridiculous. I mean, honestly, that's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, like I said, he claims innocence, and there's just no way. And you know, so did OJ. OJ, so did OJ. OJ was proven innocent, bro. Not in the civil court. Court of law, though. If the glove didn't fit, you got to quit. No, see, he paid If the glove don't bucks, fit, you must was... pay $30 million to the other person's family. <laughs> um, what he, about, what about... He paid a $500 fine, and he's innocent. So, see, there you go. It was civil, yet he was proven innocent. Right. Um, what about Pike's ninth, though? Pretty good. First race back, 9-11. Um, it's pretty good. I, I'm impressed. Uh, I don't think it's going to do anything for him. You know, nobody. it's not going to open any eyes, but uh, uh, good ride. Yeah, he... He rode good. I talk to Weston all the time, actually, um, just because we race in Europe together a lot, and I want to try to help him. Just he's a young kid, and I, have you I think mentioned, he's have you really mentioned, good. Have you mentioned just, the PR? Uh, have you mentioned the PR aspects of him and his? Yeah, I, I have. That's what I've been trying to work with him on, <laughs> um, because I, he can ride. The riding party's got dialed, and um, uh, very, I, he, very. He good obviously wonders why he doesn't have more help. So yeah, um, very you know, good. I, I try to steer him in the right direction. Very good Supercross season this year. Impressive. Well, for sure. If you look at where he came from and his results, mm-hmm. you know, before this year, his his like uh, sorry, his learning curve is impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it came out of nowhere, and he's battling with guys. Frankly, people would say he shouldn't be. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. If I think if he could get <clears throat> the PR aspect down and the you know, appreciation level down for the people that are helping him. Uh, he could get on a really good team yeah. and, and yeah. turn some heads. So A guy like Weston doesn't – and it's not just Weston. I mean, we're not picking on him. But there are people in the in the pits like Weston that would look at a JT and go, how in the hell does that guy have a ride every year? I beat him. Or whoever. And it's like – Nick it, Way is same way. Nick Way is – yes, absolutely. I've had people be like, how does Nick make so much money? I, I beat him every weekend. And – the results are one thing, but it's 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 all the other stuff, JT, like you said, and you know, it's this thanking people, it's working with the sponsors, it's being available, it's it's knowing when to say the right things to idiots like me and Wygat. It's that kind of stuff. It's a huge part of it. I mean, obviously the results, you know, that that's what it comes down to at the end, but you take two guys who are finishing within a couple spots of each other either way. Right. That's where, that's when all, all that stuff matters. You know, if you take... You take Weston Pike and you take um, myself or whoever, if I'm riding well, whatever the case is, you have 
all the other, every other factor possible comes into play when you have two guys equal. And that's what I think he needs to realize is when people are making these decisions and, and it's not a clear decision on who to pick. And, you know, if you have a bad reputation or if you have bad interviews or they're scared you're going to blow them out in the media or whatever, then, you know, it makes it really tough. It really does. Right. Um, and and well, again, did you did you make it down to JGR on Monday? Oh no, you didn't. You're in Portland. Never mind. Um, <laughs> quickest, they didn't stay. Quick, they didn't stay uh, for an extended trip. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Not only did they not stay for the extended trip, the JGR <laughs> semi was gone by one thirty, loaded up and out of the pits. Which Ken, my co-host Kenny Watson said made his day. Happiest, best thing he's ever seen was the JGR guys pulling out of the pits. Um, I was over, we were over at, uh, at Moto Concepts after the first Moto. Not surprisingly, they had some attention on them after Leslie won. And then I saw like three or four of the JGR guys with just regular t-shirts on, no headsets or anything, headed to the spotty line area. And mm-hmm. it seems weird, but like you don't see headsets and pit shirts on people that you're like robotically, that's the only way you ever see them. Right. I'm like, what is going on? And then I looked for the rig and I'm like, what? It's gone. What? What is happening here? The rig's gone. They're like spectators. <laughs> that, that thing is not working out. Regal's injuries from Millville prevented him from doing much of anything. Um, well, let me add to this. Remember, there's a bit of a rivalry between Genova and Coy. There is. Um, yep. Yeah. So that had to make it even sweeter for Genova and even more difficult for Coy. You know, they're celebrating winning the moto at the same time JJR's pulling out because they don't even have any riders left. The, mi- the million-dollar team, quote-unquote. That's what Genova says. But here's the, and the other thing is, they did win it with Alessi, which, according to some people at Moto Concepts, they beat JGR in the bidding war to get him. Koi says we never were even at that point with him. But uh, it's just it's a nice little entanglement between those two yeah. teams. And what a perfect... I think they were even parked right by each other. So when JGR left, it was like right next door. They were pulling out while the other team was celebrating. Do you, do you think Genova could see through the hot tub steam? Like, do you think he, you know, do you think he, he noticed He was halfway it? there. He did have a cigar. He did have a cigar. He was halfway there. He, and um, he, he didn't know that we make hot tub jokes about him? Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off. Or Smith Piston Goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and is now getting set to launch its all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over, so go visit your local dealer for more information or log on to JTRacingUSA.com to find a dealer near you. 
No, he was totally mystified when I told him about this. And then as I started elaborating more and more, I think he started getting insulted. Like he <laughs> thought I was making fun of him. Which, but we, I don't uh, know, the guy makes millions doing it. I didn't, you know, it's still a pretty good deal. We asked him to his face if he signed for selling the hot tub, if he, if he got the document signed in the hot tub last, last year. We said yeah. to his face, we're like, did, did you do it in a hot tub? Did you, did you say, hey, Christoph, sit down, come in my office. And, and, you know, but so he didn't remember that, I guess, clearly. No, I guess not. No. He has a cigar, though. I think he's halfway there. And like, right. my, even um, Mike Alessi was in such a good mood after. He's like, yeah, we could bring in some chicks. Maybe on a hot day, we could, you know, maybe just make it cool water. And on a day like today, I watch Google, we could make it hot tub. That'd be awesome. He was all about it. <laughs> Did he try to hug anyone? <laughs> He's still hugging people. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was that Mike, for some reason, he didn't, he must have given away his team shirt. So when we had to interview him after the race, for the race rec show, he didn't, he only had a t-shirt, which isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. So he had to borrow, he had to borrow Freezy's. So Freezy's just stand there shirtless while Mike did the interview. <laughs> Then we did the interview, and the audio didn't work. So five minutes later, we had to go back over and say, hey, can we do it again? So Freezy had to take his shirt off for a second time. All covered in blood and stuff and teeth. Did he rip it off like a wrestler? Yeah. (laughs) He kind of did. I think it had snaps, not bunch, so he did rip it, matter of fact. Um, uh, Josh Hill came back. Good to see Hill. Uh, First race in three years. We had him on the show last night. You know, just said uh, said he felt like he was going fast, but it just wasn't good enough. Um, and he said, just Welcome like to my world, yeah, just, just like everybody he said, you know, practicing and <laughs> racing are two different things. So, but I mean, good to see him out there. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's going to Southwick and Unadilla too, so that's cool. Yeah, uh, he told me he was working on that. So, how is he doing? Who's he riding with? He's just going to take a Sprinter van. Him and his mechanic are going to take one of the Hart and Huntington Sprinter vans and drive around. Awesome. Um, and then what's going on with Tyler Rattray, Wygant? That was bad. That wasn't good. Yep. And I think you had a similar conversation with him that I did after the race. He didn't even really want to do an interview because he said, yeah. you know, I don't have anything good to say and that's just going to get me in trouble. Right. Um, I think his setup, he said his setup was off, but I can shed a little light on this. Um, I was doing a story for the magazine last couple of days talking to the icon himself, Ryan Hughes. And oh, I, wait uh, a second! Wait a second! This could go anywhere right now. What, JT? Oh right? yeah, like, yeah. JT, where could where, where could this go right now? What is oh, he going to say? The sky's the limit. You, you could be talking about organics, or I mean, who knows? I don't even know what you're going to go with here. I'm setting this up for you guys. I know just far you want to go for your analysis. Um, he knew all along that Ratchet would struggle on a 450. <laughs> of course, so of course, hit, he did. The lock hit the, the rounded back. Um, it's just not working. Like, it's not bike set up for him. It's just Ratchet cannot ride a 450 properly. Can't do it. So off. Can't do it. Retire right now. That's it. Did he say anything about unlocking it hips? No, it is. The hips, the rounded back. It's a, yeah, the, the typical problem. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Did he tell Ratchet to push his there. bike up the finish line hill? <laughs> Ratchet. There's only one rider out there that's doing it the rhino way. I want you to guess. I want you to give one rider that's racing the Nationals this year. Um, Who is Jessica the rider riding with? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, D- R- Ryan Dungey is riding the Ryan Hughes way. Close. He's like eighty percent there. Okay. But there's only the one that's hundred percent. Blake Baggett. Baggett. Bag- Blake Baggett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking news. Why don't you? What? How you could he even claim that he doesn't work with Baggett? <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 he wanted to Alvin Baker way. Here. 
No, 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 no. To, to Reinhardt's credit, he's not saying he taught Baggett to do it. He's saying, I watch the guys. I can tell you what things work and don't work. And I can tell you the way Baggett is supposed to. <laughs> Baggett's riding style is proper. He's not saying he taught him that. I, he's saying he's riding it the right way. These I, other guys are not. Uh, just, just announcing right now, breaking news. The uh, Steve Mathis riding school is in session. You send me some money. I will send you tapes of Ryan Dungey. And I will say, you hey, ride like this. Thank you very much. He's doing it the Steve Mathis way. Yes, please send me uh, a, a re- renewable credit card every month for monthly payments. Um, Ryan Villapoto in 2011 did it the Jason Thomas way. Uh, I mean, what is that? What is, I don't even know. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. it. Why can't you, you put together your baby on Racer X Online is the uh, riding tip uh, column breakdown, breakdown oh, with Matt Walker, so Gary Bailey, Rhino. You had actually um, Gary Semix, I think. And did you have Villeman? I think you had Villeman one time, we too. Used Villeman, we used Villeman once, and uh, now Travis Preston helping out with it, too. It's awesome. <laughs> it is it, the, the, the shit talk between these dudes week to week. Right. Uh, it's so much better than the column. I wish instead of the column we could just run the shit talk. Because here's the thing with all these guys, Steve, and you've pointed it out a million times. They, it, it, this is how it works. Their way is correct, and everybody else is completely full of crap. <laughs> exactly. They're sham art. Can't con artists. They're <laughs> snake oil salesmen in the yeah, yeah. I have to study the, the column carefully because most of the time they're giving like tips and examples, but some of the things are thinly veiled shots at the previous week's column with a different guy. Oh, love you know, it. Yeah. And I know it, and they know it, and then i got to tell them that. And they're like, no, that's not what I meant. I'm like, come on. <laughs> come dude. on. Yes, it is. Talk you're purposely you. saying this to, <laughs> to discredit last week. I'm like, you're, as far as I'm concerned, you're all contributors to us. You're on the same team. Have I'm you, not going to have any of you taking shots at each other on our website. That's up to you behind the scenes. Have you Have you, or have you not been gotten emails from some of them after someone else's column saying, that is bullshit, that's all wrong? <laughs> No, they won't do that now because I told them oh, that, you okay. know, it's yes. our way or the highway. Like, I won't stand for that. So then instead it becomes thinly veiled, drop into the article, and then claiming that they didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> Unlocking your hips is not sustainable. Just, oh, man. Oh, I love you it. Guys. I love yeah. it. No, I'm just saying, like, Rhino, I'm not saying that Rhino claimed that he helped bag yeah, yeah, shape yep. form. He's right. just saying the way you're supposed to ride is the way he rides. Now, Yeah, obviously. I mean, anybody with two eyes can see that. Right. <laughs> um, you, mean, I, you mean you mean like r- go with the front guys in the last fifteen minutes, just crush everyone? Wow, shocker! That's real wisdom. Yeah. Um, after after the moto, getting back to Rattray, I was uh, you know I also do some work for X Brand Goggles, so I was uh, you know digging around a little bit for next year. And Rattray told me that right now he would sign for ten dollars and ten pairs of goggles. That's what he said. Come I can, on, dude. That's he was so depressed. He said, "Right now, Brew, you pay me ten dollars and give me ten sets." And and Weimer was cracking up. And he said, "And Come that's on. all I deserve. That's all I deserve." I was like, "Let me get a pen and a piece of paper. Hold on." <laughs> <laughs> He's very very upset with his riding. I, yeah, I wonder how much. It's not going that well. We all thought he would do better. I mean, he had a long layoff though. To, to his to his credit, but do you think JT? You know, he's in talks with Star Racing. He wants to ride a 450. Like, is it pressure at all with that guy, or is it just not working out for other reasons? Or is he trying to – putting too much pressure on himself that he wants to show everybody he can be a 450 outdoor guy, or, or what? what? What's your opinion? Well, it's kind of early to be making, 
you know, complete, you know, judgments on him. I think, uh, I think he'll be much better at Southwick. Um, Red, you know, obviously his first race back, Redbud was not bad. You know, he's top five guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, with racing, you know, it, it, it just varies so much. You have a good weekend and, oh man, I'm going to do this for 10 more years. I'm ready to go. And then you have a bad weekend, like he did at Washougal, and it's like, man, why have I even been racing anymore? Like, do I have enough money to retire? Like, what's the deal? So, <laughs> you know, at Southwick, he's going to come out, and I'm assuming that he'll do really well again because he's great at Southwick, and he has a great bike, and he'll probably be on top of the world, and he'll want a hundred grand for goggles. So, so you're saying I should have signed it. I should have got him to sign it. I, yeah, it would have. I think that was your weekend to make a move. Rich Taylor would have been, you know, very happy with you. Hey, let me. But uh, okay. I don't know. Let me it ask, just changes all the time. I spoke to a team today. Uh, they asked me my opinion on this. I'm going to ask you two guys. I don't want to give the team away because that would be, you know, dickish. But JT, if you had to choose between Josh Hill, Kyle Chisholm, Brock Tickle, or Ivan Tedesco, four 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 fifty guys that are looking for rides, who would you pick? Say it again, Josh Hill, Ivan Tedesco, Tickle, the other two? Tickle or Chisholm. For a 450 all year? All year. All year. Tickle. All right. Why again? Yeah, tickle. Okay. All right. Um, Are you surprised? uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm one of those guys that thinks if Tedesco can hold it together, he can be good. Well, of course, but it's been going. Yeah, it's been four years of can Tedesco hold it together. Yeah, and and is the upside of Tedesco that dramatically better than Tickle to where it's worth that level of risk? Like, if he, it's not the difference between like he's going to win the races, okay, and Tickle's going to get six, yeah, right, right, okay. So I suggest I said I kind of said the same thing, but this person came back to me with this, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier this podcast. Tedesco has got a fan base and a name; those other three guys do not as much. Now what does it matter, or does it matter? You know what? And I believe it. I think Tedesco's a name rider in our sport. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I don't think it's so drastic. I don't think any of those guys are super negative with their image. No. Yeah, Yeah, as long as Tickle, you keep him from thanking his dog and doing stuff like that, then I think you're in a pretty good place with him. I, I Um, I have no problem with thanking his dog. I have no issues with that. Well, I have no problem either as long as you thank everybody else first. Right. Yeah. So if you if your dog and your girlfriend are the only people you thank on the podium, you might have an issue when you get back <laughs> to the truck. Is that kind of like you, but, might, you might you might be a redneck if? <laughs> <laughs> you might be fired if. Um, okay, just something I want to throw out there for you guys. Um, JT, I didn't talk to Burn after the race. Didn't uh, write about him in my column. Didn't have much to say. It wasn't a good day, but what, what did you get out of it? Anything? Uh, I know, he just got collected in two crashes. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't anything like he was, you know, riding terribly or anything. Like, I looked at his lap times. They weren't too bad. Just mm-hmm. uh, the, he crashed first lap, I think, both motos. The second one, Brayton's bike took him out. So, uh, and- just, uh, one of those deals where the results looked much worse than the actual riding was. Um, the uh, Mike Brown did his bike break. Second moto, do we know? Uh, I, I heard he's up there six or something. 
Yeah, I heard it did too. That's like a lot of DNS for him. It's such What's a his point situation now? He's going to score big points. He's got two points to get 25. That's a bummer. Um, Kevin Rookstool did well. Good for him. Uh, Frederick Norin with an eighth from Sweden. Remember, he did the Nationals last year, and he wears yeah. X-Brand goggles, so I kind of followed him, watch him or whatever. By far, his eighth was the best ride, without a doubt. So, good for Frederick. Did you um, – I don't know if you guys got to watch the second moto yet, but uh, while he was battling his way in the top ten, he came into the number 59 moto conscious rider, Vince Freezy. Yep. And um, Freezy tuned him up pretty good when he passed him. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I was seeing things. Maybe it was my imagination. I don't know, man. I don't... Very out of character. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, good rides for those guys. And Ben LeMay, 12-16 for uh, Ben LeMay. Brayton's okay, right, Wagant? Yeah, he did say he's okay, just banged up. However, um, I think at this point he'd probably be afraid to say anything because there's this oddball controversy. Asked, uh, when he did well at Redbud, he said, okay, cast out of the bag. I actually knocked myself out two weeks before Hangtown, missed out on some testing, mm-hmm. kind of working my way back into it. That's why I struggled. And then at Millville, Kehoe said, where did you get this information? Why is everyone saying he crashed before Hangtown? And I said, because he said it. And he's like, well, that's not true. And I said, well, he said it. Why would he make it up? And he's like, well, he's going to have to be more accurate in the, in, the, in the future when he's describing his injuries because that's not true. So at this point, if you're Brayton, you probably – if your arm was snapped in half, you'd probably say it's all good. Welcome to the motocross media, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it at all. But in that in that situation, can't you just say, hey, Justin, uh, you know, what's the deal here? Keo says it's not true. You're saying it is true. All it's doing is making me look like a jerk. You know, like right. there's got to be some kind of, uh, you know, agreement on, you know, if he tells you something and then you report it, that's not your fault. You no, know what I mean? No, no, no. I, Kehoe, was, Kehoe was cool about that. He said, okay, so it came from him. I'm like, yeah, he's like, well, I'll have to talk to him. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So he's putting it on. Once he, I'm like, I'll, I got my recorder right here. I'll play it for you, Eric. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, so at this point, it's being those two. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Honda's weird. Honda's weird. And it doesn't mean Kehoe, I'm sure it's his boss is above him. You know, we had Justin Barsha tweeting a photo of his factory Honda. And then when media wrote about it, Kehoe called me and was like, dude. Come on, we don't know, and I'm just like, okay, well, he tweeted it, so you know, we wrote about it, and you know, and they're really weird about press releases and announcements, and it's just they're strange. The Honda guy, yeah, it's just they have, they need to hold the the riders accountable. Then, right, right. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like this sport is not Major League Baseball, where there's just tons of news. Every, you know what I mean? Tons of teams and players, so. When a star of the sport reports something newsworthy, of course it's going to be talked about. Yes, yes. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just got, there's got to be more accountability amongst the, you know, if Honda has a problem with stuff being leaked, then, you know, yell at the person leaking it. Don't yell at the person that is taking valid information and reporting it. Um, no, he wasn't yelling. Like that. I said, he just wanted to know where I got it from. And as soon as I said, Brayton said it. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. And I'm I'll also, go, I'll go talk to him. And I am also not coming down on Eric Kehoe either. Because he's a great guy. No, no, and, yeah. I'm not coming down on him, but they can't expect you right. to not no, no. relay information that is that that rider put out publicly. Right, I agree. Um, it's not well, like you were sitting at sitting at dinner in the booth behind him, and they were right. talking, and you, you know what I mean? No, it's just not that situation. It's not like you dressed up as but a. We're wa- missing the. It's not like you dressed we're missing up. Missing the part that makes the least sense. What? Like 
if it wasn't true, why did Brayton say it? And if it was true, why would Kehoe have a problem with it? That's the part. Forget who reported it or how it got yeah, reported. Yeah, yeah. Right. How do they not have the same story? That's what I don't get. I think that maybe the concussions are such a uh, hot-button issue right now. I, I don't know. I, I'm just speculating, but possibly there could be an issue with, you know, people talking about concussions and riding through them and stuff like that. Who knows? I don't know. Could be. Yeah, one time I, I reported that Andrew Short got a a shot from the Asterix crew on his ankle because Andrew Short told me that. And uh, Honda was like, uh, do you have to put that in there? It's kind of dirty. It makes it sound like these guys are doping up. Uh, can you just put like you took an aspirin or something? I'm just like, uh, all right. Yeah, I didn't change it, but I'm just like, that's what our guys well, similar. do. You know? Yeah, similar to that at uh, St. Louis this year when my foot was all messed up. I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember that my foot was enormous, but I had to get a pain shot just to be able to ride. And that was right. That was the race that Dungey raced with his jacked up collarbone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was inside the truck getting a pain shot when I walked in and they like freaked out. Like, you know, the president was naked with an intern in there. I mean, like, yeah, you know, ran at me, running me out of there. Like, ah, you didn't see anything. I'm like, I don't care if Ryan Dungey's in here doing blow off the counter. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, he's getting a pain shot. The exact same thing I'm walking in here to do. I don't care. Yeah. But they are freaking out. The Asterix guys uh, or the KTM guys? Everyone. <laughs> it was, there was a host of people running at me. Oh, jeez. Like, who cares? And then, and then Bodner, after, you know, and Bodner's school always been super cool to me, but Bodner's like, listen, I really need you to not tell anyone about this. You didn't see anything. I'm like, who cares? Exactly. Why do you even care? We're allowed to do this. This it's, isn't yeah. against any rule. This is legal. So what? His shoulder hurts. You're trying to numb the pain a little bit. Who gives a crap? You're giving him Tordal. It's not even a narcotic. <laughs> it's like it's like aspirin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. hyped up aspirin. Like it's not a big deal. These guys are amazing, and you know it all. It's all a competitive advantage. If Villapoto, totally, they don't want Villapoto to know he's hurting or whatever. It's yeah. just so dumb. Yeah, it's it, it is. It's it's really dumb. Although the the I had an AMA official tell me one time that if they knew you had a bad leg, they could target your leg with their yeah front. torpedo right right they could target your leg with the front end of their motorcycle if they knew you had a bad knee or leg. So that's that's the mentality. Yeah, but, well, there. Sure. other than Vince Freezy, I don't see that happening. All right, let's move on. Unless we got more Zwart Cross or 450 stuff to talk about. Do you have any more of that? I have a lot of Zwart Cross stuff to talk about, but it doesn't. I can't really do it justice without pictures and video. <laughs> Which I do have. <laughs> is, is it better than the uh, Wygant Wrestling League? It's better League than video? anything you've ever heard of. Better than the Wygant Wrestling League videos? Oh, I don't. Well, those are those are like X rated. Right, right. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk 250s. Uh, a little bit of controversy, Wygant. Do we want to talk about that tire thing? Should we? Well, we might as well because we're practically on the subject. It's the same thing as the Brayton deal. Yeah. You talk to Baggett's mechanic. And I talked to Baggett, and their stories are like complete opposite. This isn't a controversial issue. It's which tire do they use and right. which moto, and they've got the stories wrong. I got like, the story that Blake Baggett went to his normal softer terrain tires for the first moto. He had a 120 rear and a softer front, and he crashed three times. Thing was pushing. It, it wasn't hooking up, and Blake went down three times, because, he, but he loves these tires and wanted to go with these tires. Second moto, they put on what the tire guys wanted and what was more in line with the rest of the class, 
and he goes out and wins. Now, I wasn't at the press conference, but the press conference, he said the first moto, he went with what the tire guys wanted and what was more in line, and he crashed three times. Second moto, he went back to his trusty, dusty, sand terrain tires, and he killed it. So I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. JT, what do you think? Like, (laughs) what's your thoughts on that? Uh, Shoot, I don't know. I mean... Doesn't it make sense? Does that, it really matter? I mean, no, it doesn't matter. Um, but does it make? After s- watching the race, he obviously didn't look comfortable. So something was going on the first moto. I don't know. Wouldn't you think uh, Sato Trey? Maybe he didn't ride the Rhino way the first moto, and then the second moto he rode the Rhino way. Rhino called him during in between motos. He did. He did. Oh. Unlock your hips. Take a couple vitamins. Oh. Get out there. I did think it was interesting, Wygant, that uh, and you made mention of it in your column. And I thought it was an interesting thing to say, and a very good point by Jeff Emig. When Barsha crossed the line, he's like, there's the most unhappy winner you're going to see. And it's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, they, I think they saw the opening they've been waiting for to try to figure out a way to get back. And I mean, obviously, Tomac and Barsha and that whole team are trying really hard to figure this guy out before it's too late. And I think they felt like, maybe we finally got him. Mm-hmm. And. Barsha was darn close in that second motor to make it happen. I mean, can you imagine the difference in momentum if Barsha had gone 1-1? Six points, uh, yeah. Baggett just had one bad moto, but he's still the ball. Six-point swing. Difference. Yeah, six-point swing right there. Gone. Well, not just the points, but again, like, it goes back to, uh, if Baggett's on his game, we can't stop him, as opposed to we have him, we can beat him. Right, yeah, mentally, right. Yeah, because Baggett was eight seconds back, caught up, and to Barsha's credit, he started matching Baggett's times. They were doing two elevens, yep. and uh, yep. and that was to Barsha's credit. But then you know you, it was just Barsha petered out a little bit, and Baggett kept going. Uh, Rhino told me it's because of Barsha's riding style. He's wastes more energy. That's why he gets tired and gets passionate about it. Can you tape record all this stuff with all the coaches and all the teachers, please? I do have Rhino's recorded. Yes. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Um. Uh, you say, what's your problem, bro? <laughs> your dad owes me money, bro. <laughs> no, I owe your dad money. I, I don't remember. Um, yeah. You know, I don't want to. Here's the thing. I like that. I, I wish that our sport had more analysis of that. I've got no problem with Rhino saying, I don't know if it's true or not true. That's not for me to decide. I, I didn't race at this level, and I'm not planning on it. Right. So <laughs> that's up to him. But I do wish that more people would say stuff like that only because it's a whole lot more exciting to hear about um, actual riding technique, then he just has confidence. He's just tough. He's just mean. Yeah. Everything's flowing. Everything, you know what I mean? He just wants it more. So, he just wants it more. Yeah. I don't want to ask for that. And then when I get it, bag on a dude for doing it. So, yeah, you got a point. You're right. Now you're making me feel bad. Because you're right. I, you're, you're I don't abs- feel bad. <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, it, 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 yeah. It's the equivalent of, of <laughs> listening to Jerry Rice on ESPN. And, 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 you know, listening to him and learning something and educating yourself on, on, on a thing. Or if Jerry Rice just came on ESPN and goes, you know, Randy Moss just wants it more. He just wants the ball. You know, and, and that's why he's great. We'd be like, yeah, we'd be like, they need to fire that guy. That's ridiculous. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Are we going to break down film here? No, no, no. It just comes down to desire. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He's not faster. I don't know. Have you guys ever watched the NBA commentary? Shaq and those guys, they're barely speaking English. <laughs> Shaq's pretty bad. <laughs> Shaq is pretty bad. I'm not an NBA guy, but I did watch the playoffs. Yeah, he, uh, I, I turned my closed captioning on when I watched that. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. What he's saying. Um, the closed captioning, half of it is just question marks. 
Mar- hey, on the sheet, it says Ken Roxon's from Germany, U.S. Does it always said that? Or wasn't it Germany, Germany? Okay. Now it's Germany. Half the season. Now it's Germany, U.S. <laughs> exactly. A lot of times they do say like Russia, Russia, or whatever. No, yeah, yeah, we've been we've we've made fun of that before. And Marvin yeah. Musquin's Muscan says France, France, but um, now Roxon says Germany, U.S. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> Davalos is Ecuador, Ecuador. Hey, so anyways, um, Musquin, Muscan, God damn, I can't get that right. Muscan just misses the podium again, uh, but probably has his best race yet of his American time here, would you not say? Led uh, 11 laps, pulled a whole shot, um, did just about everything he could to hold off Eli Tomac uh, in the second moto. But uh, he's now... Maybe the wild card the rest of the way on Wygant. More so than uh, Roxon, you think? More so than Roxon. I don't know what's going on with Roxon. Fading a little bit, yeah. I don't know. I think he has uh, matched or maybe even eclipsed him uh, a little bit. But I don't think he's a wild card. Um, I think that you're going to see, as, as most seasons go, it's either going to be Baggett Barsha or maybe Baggett Barsha and Somak all stepping yeah. up. But usually when you get two guys in a title fight, when it comes down the last couple rounds, no one else is really able to match them and really play spoiler. So, yeah, Moose can't improved a bunch, but I don't think it's going to affect the championship that much. Uh, I just mean, like, yeah, he could get in between there, but maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. I know with Roxon, he hasn't made the podium in three races. And, you know, the, the, the American season is a long grind compared to what he's used to. And I would think he's probably feeling a little bit, a little bit tired, a little bit needing of a break. So, of course. The family's back in Germany. They're going to race this weekend, I guess, at a local German race. So uh, I don't know if that's exactly what the doctor needs or ordered, but uh, Kenny's not scared. I heard uh, Fox is paying him for that. I don't know if it's like it's an offer he couldn't refuse or if that's the only reason he's doing it. But Okay. Uh, nice. Well, it's, a pretty big, it's a pretty big race. It's, uh, it's like ADAC Masters, which is like German championship, uh-huh. but a lot of the – French guys, and I mean, there's really good riders that race, so it's not like it's just a joke race. Like it's pretty legit. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think going back there is going to help him. Oh, you I mean, did? It's, yeah. it's got to be hard to to be gone like that from your family, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it'll rejuvenate him, and you know, do his you know do his mind some good more than anything, because obviously mentally he's got to be beat down right now. There's just no way you can. Be frustrated like that week in and week out, and not you know get to you. So, well, again, do you think this is the two-time German champion doing reverse psychology? Like going back to Germany would be good for Ken, and maybe someone's a little bitter that they're going to be eclipsed in Germany now. Well, in that case, you wouldn't want to plant that seed because what if Roxon decided to show up in front of the Supercross? Oh, that would be terrible. Yeah. It'd be yeah. terrible for him. There <laughs> oh, you go. It'd be terrible for him. JT, you'd be saying, never go back ever. Stay here. and stay out of the 450 class until I'm done. Wouldn't that be the <laughs> proper way? Luckily, that, luckily, they don't pay enough start money over there for him to ever even consider racing those races. But <laughs> Actually, he rode Dortmund one year, but I wasn't there. I was at Anaheim. So. Oh, did he? As a, as yeah, a, he was like 13. Yeah, yeah well, 12 years old. Yeah, exactly. I think he was on a super mini. Uh, Blake Wharton, two races in a row. I feel like this is where Blake should be, battling with Bogle and uh, 
his replacement over there, I guess you might say, at Geico Honda, and, and Will Hong. So, good for Blake. Um, I want to. I wanted to touch on Mus- Muscan for a second. Okay, you want to touch him? Okay, I, that's all right. <laughs> I, I'm interested to see if if uh, obviously he's been building. You know, he's been getting a little better, a little better. But I I have a feeling that his weekend was more a product of the track, and I'll be interested to see if he continues improving or if he drops back into that lonely fourth place spot that he's been most of the season. I was too lazy to look this up, but has he ever podiumed a AMA National? Yeah, I, think I don't Steel think so. City last year. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. He might have even had two. I know Still City, and it might have even been... Right. Nah, probably not Apollo, so I guess just one. Okay, yeah. Um, what about Ryan Sipes? Uh, talked to him last night on the Pulp Mech show. Uh, he went 8-8 on the day. He did not. He does not have a 250F to practice on. He just got word, you know, last week that he was going to ride in the class for the rest of the season. So he went out and practiced on his YZ 252 stroke because he figured in his Kentucky accent that that was close enough. <laughs> so I figured it's the same thing. They're both 250s. They're both blue, and you know, you Yamaha. Got the same CC. So I figured, what the hell? I'm gonna get after it. <laughs> As we called him, he was changing a tire, a moose tire, by the way, changing a moose. As we called, as uh, when he, when he picked the phone up. So, um, I think that's just Ryan Sipes right there. But what do you think? I think he should go in four fifties. He doesn't have a choice now, but he, to me, he's a four fifty guy, JT. Don't you think? Even though he went eight eight, which is a good ride, his time has come and gone in that class. Well, I hate to defer to the other host, David Pingree, but is your time in the life bike ever really come and gone? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a point there. And he did mention that last night about making a living. And uh, Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's what I mean. The, you know, obviously, the the demand for him, I think, other than I know one team that's after him, but I think that he can make more money on riding a life bike. That's why he's been doing it, and he's a contender to win in that class. Right. And as you know, in this sport, winning is everything. I mean, that's all, that's all, that's all people care about. They'd rather all. you win one race and DNF five in a row after right. and go seventh for, you know, every race. I know what you're saying. That's what, like, Ferry and I, that's what that's what it was all about. It was just about winning. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the saddest part of the weekend was Cole Thompson. Oh, why can't? It was our shot. It's our shot. It's not over. But I just – we're cursed. We're cursed as a country. Yeah, I didn't know you you had some uh, fingerprints on this deal. Is that true? You actually did some of the inner business working, put this together. I, I, I got them in touch with Tony Gardia. I said, hey, before you sign anything, you know, let, let me have an agent guy look at it. And, of course, Tigar, as we know, one of the best guys out there, said he would do it just as a, just as a favor to look over a contract and make sure the kid wasn't signing anything, signing his life away or anything like that. And I was running, I was actually printing the contract off in the media room, running it to Tigar, running it back to Thompson's, <laughs> making sure everybody initialed it, making sure it got to the star guys. Uh, I felt a little bit, a little Jerry Maguire-ish. This is really how this, <laughs> this was going on the weekend of the race. Yeah, yeah, because they, Tony didn't get the chance to see it, and they didn't want to, you know, Star was saying, hey, you got to sign us. And they were like, well, we don't know. And, you know, this and that. So there was only, like, one change that Tony made. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like the star guys had buried deep in there that 
you know, Cole Thompson was going to be anybody's sex slave immediately after the last national. Like there was nothing in there like that. But uh, it's in uh, the contract. It's in the contract, man. You got to put the ball <laughs> gag on. You got to. It's in there. <laughs> it's right there. So you signed it. Uh, so uh, yeah. Anyways, um, but you know, Dusty Clatt. I can't help but think, you know, he went to Star. He was going to be the guy. And now Cole Thompson's his, at Star. His, his agent was also Gardia. He's one of the best guys in the industry, but come on, man. <laughs> yes, you just his agent was Gardia. yourself from the class. <laughs> distance yourself from everything class the best you can. Right. Whatever Clatt did, do the opposite Cole. Yes. <laughs> like, like that Seinfeld where George just did. George went against his instincts, the first instinct mm-hmm. every time. And it was all working out. Um, yeah. Anyways, bum, bummer deal for Cole, but JT, you're, you're a racer, two-time German champion. Um, runner-up, I believe, in the uh, Dade City Motocross Series to Michael Pacone. Um, tough to do. Tough to go from a Honda 450 Privateer to a Star Racing YZ250 in one week. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> probably wasn't that advisable to, I don't know, it depends on how it feels. Like, it's just hard to to transition everything and then compete at your, your optimum. You know what I mean? That, yeah. You can probably ride it okay, and you're going to feel decent and everything, but uh, I feel okay, and I feel decent when I'm riding, and I get smoked. So right. it's just, it's you know, those, these guys that are out there now have been riding and testing these bikes for all year. Even during Supercross, they were testing and yeah. riding and practicing, and then just to jump on a different bike in a different class than you've ever ridden. Yeah. And Sipes, who's a seventh-year pro now, told us last night, Intensity was definitely way more up. It was it was uh, higher in that class. I had to get used to that. Never mind a rookie, you know. Well, yeah, it's, you know the bikes allow you to ride much harder. Right. So it's just a different style of racing. I think that the 450 class has is heading more that direction. It's definitely much more like that than I remembered. Right. You know, riding nationals this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still the the 450s only allow you to be so intense versus the light bike and. Um, it's hard to say how we would have done, but you know, it definitely one one. <laughs> you definitely can't judge how he's going to do off of what that one result. And I'm not really sure that it was the best idea to send him out there at Washougal. I would have right. said maybe well, either don't race at all or wait and then take this three week break to get prepared. Yeah, but you know, that's they it's uh, tough to say don't race. Yeah, I mean, they're whatever. they're and they're laying out the money. Um. To, to go racing and they were very excited and, and I think they were wondering why I didn't share that enthusiasm when they said, Hey, we got a star ride. And I was like, Oh, well, I mean, you, but cause I just knew how tough it would be. No matter, nothing against the star guys on any 250F. It just, that's a super tough jump. And, um, it, it's, it's, but when you're laying out the money to go racing, well, well, how do you say no? You know? So, yeah, it just, it's just hard without preparation. That's all. I think everything about it is great. It's a great team. They obviously have a really fast motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Just with no preparation, you know, nobody could go, walk into that situation and do well. It's right. just not not a situation that, that bodes well for anyone. And, you know, I don't think that had anything to do with why it crashed. That was just, you know, crashes happen, and that's part of the sport. It's just I would like to see a little bit more foresight and preparation. And obviously when everyone's looking at you, with that ride to see how you're going to do. If you mm-hmm. go out there and do terrible your first time out, you know, the, the interest in you drops and where they go, like, Oh, well, can't ride a white bike. You know what I mean? Just yeah. right away. You get that. Everybody gets that 
impression and right. you know in this sport impressions are everything what, well, what's in people's head is going to determine basically your career because people are going to either not help you or they are well why again i'm not writing this kid off we got a lot more races left four races left i'm i can't handle another clat catastrophe um <laughs> like i worked that in there so That's i just want to let you know that this is i'm gonna need help if this thing goes that way for comedy purposes, though, I don't want to root against the guy, but, man, it was fun watching Clack crash and burn. I mean, <laughs> no. we had Racewreck Canada going at the time, so we had a whole bunch of you Canucks at the races and just seeing you guys crying in your beer. And I mean, all the, to see the focus of where all that pressure was. Like, <laughs> you can't normally see pressure. Like, it's kind of an esoteric term, but I feel like I could visualize it when Racewreck Canada was, a, was still around. Right. Clack was here in the U.S., and then we know where it all culminated. Yeah. The LCQ, I believe it was at Ford Field in Detroit. I was running third in the LCQ, lost the front end in the first turn. And I think at that point, everyone knew that was it. It wasn't going to work. Yeah. I saw in unison six different Canadian moto journalists look down, put their heads in their hands, and shake their heads. <laughs> it's well, over. When he grabbed he the. can't even make main. When he grabbed the brakes on a lot of those on offs and rolled them, rolled down the backsides of tabletops. <laughs> I thought I thought we were in tough, um, but hey, he won he won the race on the weekend. He won the Canadian National on the weekend. So do that. Yeah. Um, hey, why was he so bad though? Like I raced him in Montreal and he killed us. You mean when he came to the U.S. or this year? No, in Montreal before all that star racing stuff went down. Yeah, yeah. In well, 07, right. No, 06. 06. 06. Yeah, 06. I had won Montreal the year before, came back. I was really prepared, and I hole-shotted, clapped past me, and was gone. And I got second pretty easily. Right. You know, if, if Clat hadn't been what Clat was, I would have won again. But he worked us. Like, I couldn't even see him. And it wasn't like the track was a joke. There was The track was technical. And then, you know, like you're saying, you see him rolling on off. So I, I don't get it. I don't understand what happened. Yeah, well, he. Um, I mean, we don't. We got to wrap this thing up. I think we don't need to get into this because I'll just get ranting and raving as Wygant knows. But um, yeah, he he came out of Star Racing and first race in Anaheim. He cartwheels in the whips and burns the shit out of his back and his arm. Like the YZ two YZ two is trapped on him, burning through him, melting his fly jersey to his skin. Uh, gets a, you know he's in pain for that. He's he's a little scared of that. Goes to Phoenix. He's running fourth in Phoenix, and J-Law completely cleans him out and throws him onto the concrete. This is his second main event, <laughs> and uh, he DNFs that one as well. So right off the bat, it was like, welcome to America, kid, um, and it never got any better. <laughs> then he felt he, was too right. he, felt, he felt he was too heavy for the bike outdoors, and he had no chance. He was 170 pounds. He said it was way, way, way too heavy, and it was in his head, and, and that was it. Um, filthy Phil Nicoletti, I heard from some sources, maybe returning to the series. He was not at Washougal. He may be returning to the series on a 450. And when I asked Phil, I mean, when I asked my sources, is that going to be for the same 1110 team? He said, I, they said, I don't know. You did a great job explaining that, Steve, <laughs> not giving away your Thank sources. you. Thank you. So, uh, we'll keep our eye on that. What about, let's get back to Michael Lessie before we wrap this up. What about that sweet ass JT gear? Why can't come on? Come on. Come around. Listen, 
listen, to be a fair journalist, to prove that I'm not prejudiced or biased, I will admit, I do not like the JT gear. I do not like the concepts. I do not like green eggs and ham. <laughs> However, his gear in the first moto looked really good. Okay, that's all I want. It did. It did. Okay. It did look good. I just want some credit. It did look good. I thought it was bitching. And I don't know what it is with me and JT gear, but I love it all. I love it all. Because oh. you are in the 3% of the motocross market demographic that actually really followed the sport closely when JT was on top. Another 97% of the world does not care. They just want the gear to look good. And it looked good. It looked awesome. All year. For one week, it did. Well, no. Other I, weeks, it looks like gear from 1985. <laughs> I think they I, – I, I disagree strongly. Um, and, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I can – Disagree strongly with that, uh, but this stuff that he wore this weekend was the 2013 stuff, and it was, it was sharp. Let me just say that, looking good out front, America's hero, the 800, Michael Lessey. Let's find you carried away. The JT, I don't know the name of the JT Gear guy, but he was in the Moto Concepts truck after the first moto. Yep. So he's like, "How did you like what we had on the butt patch?" And it said, "Whole shot." And I'm like, yeah, that was a good move because, you know, you had guys had Donnie Hansen and he was whole shot Hansen and he had the whole shot butt patch and Mike gets the good start. And I swear the guy had no clue who he was talking about. And he just looked at me and just said, oh, I just, I mean, Mike gets the whole shot a lot. <laughs> no, he knows. I know it's Daniel. I know who he is. He knows whole shot Hansen. He has to deal with all okay. those old kooks for gear. I know, you know, they all, they're all on the payroll, all those old guys. So, uh, and Johnny O'Hanna. And, and Johnny O'Hanna, a true American yeah. hero who needs an IV huh? after the Nationals. <laughs> There's uh, a clip of him on the race footage when they're shit doing the podium stuff of him screaming into the microphone. <laughs> Literally, you can see the veins in his forehead bulging. Right. He's screaming it's so a, loud in the microphone. It's Henry Rollins-esque. Yes, very much so. Uh, all right. Um, thank you. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast show, Ross Shugel wrap-up. Remember to use the word Steve and save yourself big money at BTO, which, by the way, JT, uh, we had a question last night, what does BTO stand for? And I said, built to order. And <laughs> come to find no, that's out. That's a sub shop. <laughs> It is. And it is. I know. I know. And Jimmy Albertson tweeted that it was uh, be the one. And, and that is uh, correct. What an idiot I am. Built. To, I got it mixed up with an Eastern Pennsylvania sub shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Must time. Must be that truth sermon coming out of you. <laughs> the truth sermon. Uh, good an idiot I am. Um, all right. Anything else? Or are we good? Are we wrapping this thing up? Yeah, in true Portland fashion, so. I'm hopping on the mass transit, the max light rail downtown. I have a car, but that that's would be, not how you do it out here in Hippie. Well, and that would be you spending gas, well, again, so let's be honest. The rail system, you can go from the airport to downtown for like two bucks. That's my, that's my kind of deal. <laughs> Shocker. Um, all right, Wygant, thank you. Uh, JT, thank you as always, and uh, see you guys. All right, see you. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.